they're going to be doing some some interesting things interesting What's going on, San Antonio? What's going on, South Texas? What's up, Spurs fans? And I guess you Cowboy fans. My name is Mike Jimenez. This is the Alamo City Sportscast coming at you from the west side of San Antonio, West Bear County, also represented. You know, we love things all silver and black over here. NBA All-Star Weekend was wrapped up last night, so we're going to get into that. Again, my name is Mike Jimenez. Joe Garcia producing today's show. We are exclusive on YouTube right now, but again, later on in the day, you can catch us on all the streaming services, you know, whether it be Spotify or Apple Play or whatever the case may be. You can uh, leave a comment or two. The chat lines are open. We see Chris Gonzalez, Tim Gonzalez, LRM already in the house right now. Good Hope morning. everyone had a fantastic weekend. Uh, people already give me crap about a tall tale that I mentioned yesterday oh, on God. Twitter. Again, these aren't made up. I just don't have any proof or evidence of most of these. Uh, but uh, let's a uh, lot to get into today. The NBA All Star Weekend wrapped up last night, and it was a joke. The East beat the West two eleven to one eighty six. We'll get Listen into that. Listen to that score, dude. Two eleven, dude. <laughs> end of the first quarter. I uh, tweeted. Man. I tweeted at the end of the first quarter. We're gonna see the first two hundred point performance, aren't we? Yeah. Like it, it's it's gonna happen. How many fouls in the game? Three. Three. <laughs> Uh, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, talking about the state of the league. And it was very fascinating what he had to say. So I want to dive into that a bit. Yeah. Dunk contests, if we want to get into that. Bit of a joke. Three-point shootout. Kenny Smith sticking his foot directly into his mouth. What a dumbass. Hey, put down the drinks, Kenny. Yeah. What a piece of crap he was this past weekend. Put and typically, I like him. Typically, yeah. I like him. Yeah, he was, he was an a-hole, man. Yeah. Trey yeah. Young sitting next to Wemby and also being interviewed about Wemby. It's like the stars are aligning that Trey Young will eventually become a spur over the offseason. You know who else was a dick live on TV? Who's that? Charles Barkley, man. He just can't keep his foot out of his damn mouth. Man. <laughs> he and Draymond going at each yeah, other a little bro. bit. I mean, the, the NBA All-Star game is going to be in, in, in Golden State, right? Yes. And he's already talking trash. Bro. Yeah. Come on. Um. So we saw, we saw Trey Young sit next to Wemby. Uh, Tim Duncan. LeBron James mentioned Tim Duncan last night. And if he pulls a Tim Duncan, it'll be the first time in his life he would have ever done that, dude. LeBron James is the most arrogant man in the NBA. And you know what? For a good reason, too. He's one of the greatest of all time. But he mentioned Tim Duncan when talking about his own retirement. So we'll dive into that. We also do pop culture nostalgia here. Uh, last night, or actually yesterday morning, right before church, I watched the Yolanda Saldivar oh, part God. one of the documentary from I, Oxygen I didn't Network. even want to talk about this documentary out of respect for the Reina, but I know this is something that you want to talk about. I'm not watching it. I found I it interesting. It. it was better than I thought. I'm not watching it. It was better than I thought. What I thought it was going to be, we'll get into it a little bit more later on. I thought it was going to be Yolanda Saldivar taking the mic and just talking for an hour and just and over and over and over yeah. again. Yolanda Saldivar talking might only be of the first hour and a half long special. The first the first part's about an hour and a half. <laughs> she might have talked maybe two minutes of it. Yeah. Your it, boy Eli Elias, your son. Sith asking the question, how's Yolanda? By the way, God. a Swiss with the greatest of the Photoshops last <laughs> I night. I saw that. Photoshopping man. me from when I was 18 years old in 1995. Alongside Yolanda Saldivar, I know how he does it, dude. Dude, that was a good one. I like. I honestly think that he has like a a a, a, a file on his computer of nothing but my photos. He probably on there. does, man. Yeah, 
But you know what? The guy's quick with it, man. Great work, man. Great work. He, he's like it's an on, artiste. It's on dude. his desktop. It's called MJ Acquired Taste. Oh, yeah, it's on dude. his desktop ready to go. You're, you're, he hates you the most. <laughs> <laughs> you roast the ones you love the most. But again, yeah. last night, let's get into the sports. East beat the West 211 to 186 in a joke of an all-star can, game. Can we just call it an exhibition game? It's That's not even an exhibition. Is. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just for entertainment, man. And it's not entertaining. That, well, that's what they label it as. That's what they always push it out as. So, last night's game, you know it's bad whenever you have the MVP named and the crowd boos. Oh, oh Dame Lillard man. last night was named the MVP. He had 39 points on 14 of 26 shooting. The hometown guy, Tyrese Halliburton, had 32 points, was 10 of 14 from three, 11 from 15 from the field, had seven rebounds and six assists, and they were like, nah, you're not a big enough of a name. We're going to give it to Dame Lillard. Halliburton should have been the MVP. The crowd booed and rightfully so. They should have been booing because this was unwatchable. I watched about... I, I didn't watch it. I watched the first half. It was it was in most the of the fourth quarter. It was... There was at no point in the game did I get excited or amped up about it. And yeah. it's it's funny because I, I used the uh, gif of Kobe Bryant saying soft, soft, because <laughs> that's what this is. Three and this kind, of, this kind of dovetails into what Adam Silver had to say about the NBA and the state of the league, because you should not even have an all-star game if they're going to be playing like this. This, this, this was not a basketball game. Yeah. And if you want to know who's, who's to blame for this, Adam Silver. No, he's not. He's this the was, commissioner. This, this dated him. What is to blame for this is the softness that is the American basketball player. No. And we can go back in time because it wasn't like this 10, 15 years ago. You know what? It kind of was about 10, 15 years ago. It wasn't like this pre-2005. Yeah. Pre-2005, you know, you had Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, you know, David Robinson, Akeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley there, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Pippen. Pippen uh, you know, you have all of these guys going out there and they wanted to beat the crap out of each other. They didn't like but, each other. They didn't like each other. But yeah. the problem is, the problem is, is that the way that the United States basketball development is right now is that it's all about AAU. They it, had, it, It's all about AAU. Yeah. And I get that. But But here's the thing about it. I was talking about this with a friend yesterday. It used to be that when you wanted to develop as a player, you developed as a high schooler and then went to college and you built on rivalries. And instead, the way that the league is working these days and the way the players are right now is that instead of beating their enemy, they would rather join their enemy because they have no enemies. <laughs> they, dude, 73 and nine, Golden State Warriors team added Kevin Durant. The NBA should have stopped that. The NBA has done that before where they stopped trades. They should have stopped that move right there because it is stupid. And that and that just shows the state of the league. When they show when you see LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch join together and they say, Well, there was no collusion. Bullshit. They always talk. They're to friends. Each other. They yeah. colluded with each other. And right now you're seeing these teams join forces, Kawhi Leonard with Paul George. You're seeing uh, uh other players out there. Very few teams are homegrown. For K example, KD. Yeah, but you 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 look at the NBA landscape right now. That's why I'm cheering for a Denver. That's why I'm cheering for an Oklahoma City. 
is because for the most part, they developed their own people and they did certain trades and certain pickup moves. They to did make it the it. right way. They did it the right yeah. way. They didn't collude for it. It wasn't superstars coming together. And these players are weak. And that is why the best players in the NBA right now are not American. No. And How you far know, down the list do you have to go before a, you find one? You bring up a very good topic because this is the thing. Adam Silver, the commissioner, he should have some say also in how things are, are finally delivered out there on the court. This is a joke of a game, the NBA All-Star game. The, the slam dunk contest, that's becoming a joke as well. Boring, you know? Aside from the court, which looked amazing, by the way, everything else was ho-hum after, you know, the skills challenge. You get to the slam dunk contest, boring, forgettable. Same thing with the NBA All-Star game. But what Adam Silver should do is have it NBA versus the world. Get some of the best players that are out there that might be in a different league. You know, that it, might be. It out. might work for a little bit. I, I mean, think it would be interesting to see how that dynamic could work. And, you know, let's go ahead and, and have a very competitive game where it's not going to be necessarily having people get injured by the by any means, but go out there and have some fun with it you know like let's play basketball i don't know what the hell this is this isn't this is something you see in a video game you know no defense three fouls for the whole for the whole game 211 is final score to 186 yeah there's I mean, there's a on. song by the band the killers that poses the question has every song been sung has every <laughs> thought been done and when it comes to the slam dunk contest has every dunk possible been dunked i believe that the exclamation point was aaron gordon against zach levine where they went at it for multiple years yeah and they were actually yeah, doing yeah. things that were tricky and we had never seen anything like that before that is 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 was the end of it because there are no superstars playing because the superstars are soft like kobe would say soft we used to see michael jordan and dominic wilkins go out there we used to see even even the players that were not stars but they were known for their dunks would go out there i mean tom chambers or or kenny uh skywalker or whatever the case may be spud webb they were known for dunks they may not have been stars but they were known for their dunks and right now it's 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 not even an exhibition what did you get in today in in this year's nba dunk contest jalen brown got jalen brown and he jumped over a three-footer like a, four, a guy that's like four feet tall it's it's the only good dunk contest that I've seen in my lifetime was the one with Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. That to was me, great. That was the best dunk contest that I've ever seen. It was a throwback ever. Charlie Hernandez reaches out to us on our YouTube stream saying All-Star Weekend was trash, embarrassing for the NBA. Sith comes out and says uh, All-Star Weekend was trash. Uh, I like he says, I've seen better dunks on TikTok by TikTok stars. Yeah. And Elias. But I, I want to show uh, my screen real fast, if you can. This is Adam Silver. Uh, it's a comment that he was yeah. talking about the state of the league. And uh, Jonathan, oh, you, Jonathan, Jonathan Givani. Showing your screen, but you don't have it. I think oh, it's, okay. I don't know what it's, screen it's a different is. different screen. Is it on one or two? Uh, I, uh, it's on one. Uh, Jonathan Givani from Draft Express. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, it's like the fourth <laughs> day in a row you've done that. I'll just go ahead and read it. Let's go back to two bucks. Um, there you go. He says, quote, about Adam Silver says, quote, my focus is turning to earlier development of those players, players born outside the United States. It's clear that the development is very different in many of these programs, more of a focus on practice, less of a focus on games, the opposite of many of the youth programs in the United States. 
We have a common interest in improving the game, developing players. They're coming into the league incredibly skilled, but that doesn't necessarily translate into team basketball. Coaches that may be complaining about inability to play defense is that these players are not prepared as I like them to be, particularly at very high draft picks. There's an opportunity for us to be part of a community that's developing younger players. He said the phrase youth programs. That's AAU for the most part, right? Because the big players in the NBA came from the AAU program. Yeah. But the thing about the AAU program, what is it? What does it foster? It fosters no competitiveness between players, no rivalry or competition. It fosters the ability to say, I want to be, play with that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. Instead of, I want to beat that guy and that guy and that guy, I want to play with them. There's no competitive edge that we would normally see from a LeBron, I mean, from a, a Kobe Bryant or from a Michael Jordan or from whomever, right? A Carl Malone. There's that, that competitive fire is not there. It's instead of beating the best, it's join the best. You know, there's some something that came out that was interesting over the weekend. The G League Ignite, you know. Yeah. Adam Silver had mentioned that he doesn't know what the future of the G, G League Ignite is going to be because college players now are, are millionaires. They're getting paid, right? So what's the incentive for them to come over and want to play with a team like the G League Ignite, for example? You know, and I think what Adam Silver is kind of saying in a sense is, he might just not only reevaluate re the G League Ignite, but the G League as a whole. Yeah. What's the incentive to go ahead and keep some of these players in that developmental league? I know I get, you know, hey, you still want to go ahead and develop certain players. It does have some type of developmental value at the end of the day, but these are going to be players that should essentially be with their teams right. and getting minutes and playing in a real world scenario in the context of an NBA game itself. But Adam Silver mentioning the point that even the high draft picks don't know how to play defense. It's that true, even man, them but... that even that that he's hasn't seen players come through the draft before without certain skill sets and you hear the words raw. The Spurs said that about Jeremy Sohan when he was drafted a few years ago. They described him as raw, right? Yeah. And it's like, well, why are they raw? Why are we? Why is a raw player being drafted number nine overall? Now, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have been drafted number nine, but I'm just saying the idea that somebody's a top draft pick and they're four or five years away from us actually realizing whether or not they're going to be a player or not. I mean, and then part of it is is that we look at like a Tim Duncan, for example, when he came into the league four years behind him at Wake Forest. You know, David Robinson played uh, at Navy, had two years of of, of military service. He, they, were, they were men coming into the league, right? They were old enough to drink when they came into the league. They weren't 18, 19, 20-year-olds trying to make it onto the NBA, which makes what Victor Womanyama is doing right now so spectacular is that he can average 20 and 10, and he just turned 20 back in, what, January? Yeah. So, but when you look at these players, I think part of it is also the NBA's fault because the NBA made the game soft. Well, the players did because the players association, they had all this, let's say, back and forth with the league and changing of the rules and doing all these things for now the power, instead of it being with the actual team itself, it has shifted over to the players. Well, they the, the players do have the power and they should yeah. have the power. They do. But I'm saying in respects to how the rule changes have gone into effect. And of course, the, now the power lies with the player. When it comes to do they want to even stay with the team, they have the power to say now, 
I would demand a trade or I'm not going to play because I don't want to be here no more. But that's that's you know? kind of I mean, been the case for a while. I mean, it, it, I, I remember the, I remember in the NFL, Eli Manning didn't want to play. Uh, John Elway didn't want to play with the team that he was going to draft. Him. And Dan it Marino just happens did either. more and more now into, in today's NBA. And it kind of ruins things, you know. But the 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 player develop the the player empowerment to me is is a good thing for the most part. I, I I think there's more positive than negatives. But if you look at all the sports in general, because all the sports are struggling when it comes to the All Star game, you know whether it be the Pro Bowl, and the NFL, MLB, MLB, NFL. What yeah. do all of these leagues want? They want high scoring, right? They yeah. juice the ball so that you can actually hit it out of the park, and it's just it, they want to increase scoring. Uh, they want to have a pitch clock, which I'm okay with because yeah. again. No one wants to go to a four and a half hour long baseball game, much less watch it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm okay with the pitch clock, right? But the NFL and the NBA have made defense impossible to do, yeah, right? Because you can't it. touch a player in football and in base and in basketball. If you breathe on a player, there's a it's a foul. There's no more hand checking. No more defense that you would see from Joe Dumars back in the 80s. No defense that you would see. Now I would say this though. 70s and 80s basketball was too rough. I mean, that was street ball. <laughs> Clotheslining people. Clotheslining. Yeah. That was street ball being played on a gym. And you don't want that, right? That's one polar extreme of defense. But on the other side, you don't want to see what you're seeing yesterday because what we saw yesterday is symbolic of what we see today. The Spurs were crying out loud or giving up over 120 points per game. I remember going to the Hemisphere Arena growing up and the odds of you scoring 125 points were so low that they would give away 17,000 Big Macs yeah. if the Spurs scored 125 points and won the game. Usually in those days, you're going for like 86, maybe 76, yeah, maybe, 72. Maybe 100, you right? Know, you're lucky if you break that century mark. But yeah. even the All-Star games were 125 to 130. And back then, we were like, oh, man, I mean, that's a lot of points. But, uh, you know, but whatever, whatever. If you would have showed them the future and said, this is what is going to happen. Yes. They would have been like, oh, hell no. Chris Leha reaches out and says, it's pussy ball now. That's basically it, is, it. man. That's basically it. Uh, <laughs> if you tweet at a player, it's considered a flagrant too. <laughs> <laughs> They're just soft. And then now, who are the best players in the NBA right now? Best players in the NBA is Jokic, right? Yeah. Giannis. Luka. They ain't from the United States. Look at this. Mario Cavasso says, I was watching Gilbert Arena's podcast. The dude said Wemby will be the first player to record multiple quadruple doubles. Said the Spurs will have him play for 22 years. I maybe, but are all those 22 years going to be with the Spurs or are they going to be with somebody else cuz Wemby ain't going to be playing for a losing team. Yeah, and that's the thing is a player empowerment. Oh god, man. Bring the hip check back. Freaking Robert Ory. Robert Ory to Steve Nash. <laughs> He was an enforcer, in, in, man. Into the scoreboard, amazing. Um, but you know, you watched last night's game; it was embarrassing. The, the, it was just three-point shots, them shooting from midcourt. Speaking of shooting from midcourt, I believe Steph Curry is one of the reasons why and uh, the NBA basketball will be so awful in the next ten years. No, oh, because the youth development league, dude. I officiate high school basketball, right? That's all they do. Middle school, I will often do as well. Yeah, I've even done youth league. What? Where are they shooting the ball? They're shooting threes. You got these kids who are like 60 pounds trying to chunk up three-pointers. They can barely hit the rim. They knock down one out of 20, and their coach is like, good shot. You know, you're open. You're open. Shoot it. Shoot it. No, man. 
Learn how to shoot off the glass down low. Learn how to make a freaking layup. Learn how to do a bank shot. Learn how to do a little baby hook. Hey, man, you have me at one make in 20. Make a free throw. One in 20 from three. That's what uh, Zach Collins shoots, man. <laughs> part of that, man. Part, Booty he, crumbs. He's Zach part of crumbs. that. But the NBA soft. And it's not fun anymore, dude. I mean, they, they just get rid of the All-Star game. If they don't want to play, they don't want to play. We live in a life right now where the Pro Bowls flag football. Yeah, man. It, it's rough. You know, the thing with the NBA, soft. NBA All-Star Weekend, you know, I'm looking at the Rising Stars Challenge, you know, and you're seeing, you know, Wemby, you're seeing Jeremy Sohan compete. And to me, that was fun because you had Spurs represented there, right? So watching them being introduced and all that, exciting for for Spurs fans here across the world and especially here in San Antonio. And then you're seeing what happens at the Skills Challenge. Okay, there, some people are saying it's boring. They don't like the Skills Challenge. The Skills Challenge to me is the most exciting thing about NBA All-Star Weekend. You know, more exciting than the dunk contest. And that's not saying much, you know. I think the NBA All-Star Weekend as a whole, some of these events here, they need to be updated. Something needs yeah. to happen, man. It's you got to change it. You got to get with the times nowadays. You know, even TikTokers, like I think it was Elias that had said that you see better dunks on TikTok and, and yes. some of these amateur guys that are the out there. The and one guys. The and one guys, you know, they're doing dunks. And they used to have a show. I think it we used to play it on TNT way back in the day where they had these guys that were just amateur basketball players. And they will come out and do some spectacular dunks, man. What they need to do is more of this. I don't know if we have the if we can show the video of this. Let's see. Maybe you might need to move it over to the second screen so we can show it. Move it over to that other screen if you can. That's weird. Are you putting it on that other screen? Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm moving it on over now. Let's see, because I'm not seeing anything. All right, do you see anything? No, not coming. Okay, through. well, I'm looking at video right now of Sabrina Ionescu doing the three-point shootout against Steph Curry. This past weekend, Ionescu shot 26 points, which would have qualified her, by the way, to make the finals of the she men's. She scored as many uh, points from beyond the arc as Dame Lillard did. For Kenny Smith to give her shit because of the size of the basketball. <laughs> what a First of all, she is shooting the three-pointers from the NBA three-point level, right? She's not shooting from the WNBA level, which is about a foot shorter. Yeah. And... It was harder for her to score twenty six than the guys to shoot twenty nine because she's because think about the, the 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 repetition that you have as an athlete. You shoot from a certain distance over and over and over again. If they move the free throw line from fifteen feet to sixteen feet, it would change everything, right? Because people are so used to a certain arc, yeah, certain certain <clears throat> release, a certain everything, and for her to say, "Hey, I know you've been playing all season long." At this distance, we're going to move you back to the men's. And for her to compete, I don't care if the ball's smaller. You know why the ball's smaller? Because women have smaller hands than dudes. She held her own against Steph, man. Steph had to make the last two shots to win. She held her own. She went out there, and they proved a good point. It didn't matter if you were a male or a female. If you can shoot, you can shoot. Yeah, none of them made the uh, the the uh, big shots, the uh, like the, the money four, ball, the, the four pointers. Yeah, they're making the money balls, but as uh, Chris mentions on our YouTube stream, she was tired the last two racks. M maybe so. Uh, Jonathan C was saying that Ken Kenny Smith was going in on her. We were dying of laughter. I expected from Barkley, but not Smith. Yeah. When Barkley says it, I think it says it as a joke. Kenny Smith was not joking. No, he's not joking. He, he was he being meant a dick. What he, said. he was yeah. being a dick. He was being a dick because he cannot look at Sabrina Ionescu and 
respect her enough to say, wow, she's just as good of a three-pointer, a three-point shooter as everybody else. His mind is she's a good three-point shooter for a girl. It shows you where his mindset is at. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, the idea of, of having a multi-sex yeah. three-point shootout might actually be might actually work. You know, what, what me, if we had a what if we had a female dunk contest where we moved the rim to eight and a half to nine yeah, feet? I wouldn't be opposed to it. Maybe they put on a better show than the men. I mean, the men have gotten a little lazy nowadays, you know? I mean, there's only so many things you can do jumping over a guy. Jumping over a guy. Let me put let put on my jersey. Yeah, unless you're going like, to jump over Wemby, I don't care, dude. Unless you're going to be mean, jumping over Wemby. They got to do something, and then they have props or whatever. They have their boy come out. No, let me hold the ball for you. Something stupid. I mean, like, you got to change it up, man. You got to have – I think what they should do is they should judge not only by creativity of the dunk, but the actual execution of the dunk, you know? Yeah, and have they, have, they have a minute and a half, right? And they always run, yeah. and then they're like, oh, I messed up. And you and should you have on one back. attempt. If you get it, you get it. You don't, you don't. <laughs> you know? And we move on. You're moving on. Either you're moving on because you executed the dunk or you didn't, you know? But I, I propose it to why don't they have, like, dunking duos, you know? That would be cool. Like, have more than one guy dunking the ball, doing something interesting with it, you know? You got you to gotta change it up. You know, jumping over a car like they did back in the day. They're not going to do that do anymore. They make they Come make too on, they man. make too much money to try that, man. They got to do they're something. They're not they're not going to risk. The, I like I wouldn't go that far. I I would rather see the fucking mascots go out there and do a dunk, jump through a flaming hoop or something, man. Oh, the mascots, yeah. would be an interesting one. What, that would what, be what, funny. What would the coyote do? Exactly. What outfit would they wear? You yeah. know, that would be fun to me. The fans would love the coyote that. coming in as Batman. I think you're what we're on to something like, here. Dude, that man, that would be amazing to me. You or, know, or, or even like those those uh spirit crews that go out there with the trampoline. Oh god. Yes, dude. Have yeah. the little have the, the whole floor be a big trampoline or something. Yeah. <laughs> now speaking of the whole floor, the LED floor, I kind of dug, man. It was I was good. digging the LED floor, you know, and uh they, they were showing like um Oh, by the way, the the is Sabrina a nugget? Oh God, she ain't girl. bad. She ain't I bad. knew somebody was gonna say this. She ain't man. bad, but she ain't no she ain't no Kelsey Plum though. Kelsey Plum is the nugget. Ionescu is fine. She's cute. No one is a power dunker. This is true, man. A coyote catching a bat while dunking says Mario Cavazos. Oh God, <laughs> that would be something, right? Have the bat flying right there by the rim or something. I was the, the best part for me of uh, NBA All Star Weekend was watching the celebrity basketball oh, yeah. game. Kevin Hart, he he was balling out there. Well, well, you saw Micah Parsons won the MVP. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when they made the announcement, they said, "Finally, the Dallas Cowboys have won something." <laughs> <laughs> I don't really watch the celebrity game at all you know i know it yeah. comes out on espn but yeah it they, was team shannon against team steven screaming a, a screaming a it, it was pre, it was pretty good man he had fitty there and he had uh uh, uh little wayne and all that it that's was, probably more good. competitive than the all-star it game, was bro. it was Come more on, competitive man. and then also um they seem to really want it right so it, it kind of sucked man but the the week the, the all-star weekend kind of sucked it just uh, it just was what it was <laughs> look at that Chris Gonzalez LED floor was trash. No, my goodness. It was great, dude. It was cool. I thought it was a good gimmick, you know, that they had. But we were talking, you know, and talking. I was talking with some of my friends 
And one of my friends is Jonas Clark. He's he's a producer as well, right? Yeah. And from a technical aspect of things, we're wondering if you're watching TV or even like right now I have the monitors on, right? Yeah. I put my hand close to this big monitor widescreen that I have here. It's warm. You're on a court and you're playing on this surface that's probably like plexiglass it's plexiglass. Or does that shit get hot? It's a good point. And you have it on for a long time. It's like, how do they cool that thing? And are there dead spots on the court? Yeah. It's how like, does that work? It's hot. You know, like is it one big piece or is it just pieces? But like it, it's like, little sections. They put sections together like Legos. Yeah. And it makes one big picture, one big screen. Right. But I was just I had some questions, you know, like what happens if you spill a liquid on there? You know, you clean that up. It's glass. It's a slippery surface it's even more dangerous than the regular <laughs> court. So it was just little things we were thinking about. I did like the graphical effects and whatnot, but I don't know if the NBA should incorporate a whole LED floor. I think it would be cool for like, say, uh, advertising. You know, instead of putting that weird graphic that they have now, just maybe put like a panel there to you can display different graphics and whatnot, you know from different uh, sponsors, you know, or maybe even make it a little interesting, mm -hmm. put something there on a special night or whatnot, you know? I'm, I'm down I with that. I could see that. I'm down with that. Uh, Sith comes out and says, come on, Jimenez, did you just call him Little Wayne? It's Lil Wayne. Little okay, Wayne. First of all, it's not that either. It's Wheezy, okay? <laughs> oh, God. The, the All-Star celebrity is more competitive than the NBA All-Stars. This is true, man. I'm not lying, dude. It is. So last night after the game, they're asking uh, LeBron James, hey, how do you fix this? And he goes, oh, I don't know, man. Uh, just is what it is. It, it's just soft. It's just soft. There's no competitive fire for any of those guys when it comes to competing against the best. There's just no fire. Look at Chris Gonzalez. Someone who was colorblind said he couldn't see anything. <laughs> so LeBron was asked the question. Well, actually, he wasn't even asked the question. He brought it up. He said something to the effect of, you know, I was asked the other day if I'm going to have a farewell tour or if I'm going to have Tim Duncan it. Uh, if I'm going to uh, do a Tim Duncan and just like fax in my resignation, my resignation, no, my, just my retirement. And, he said, peace, I'm out. <laughs> so I remember growing up Hemisphere Arena style going to the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar farewell tour. And I remember Kareem comes out and they, they gave him like cowboy hats and cowboy boots and every arena that he would go to that it was his last time there, they gave him gifts. Yeah. And that was kind of a thing for a good while there in the 80s and part of the 90s where you'd have these farewell tours. Yeah. When was the last time we saw a farewell tour? Why is he even bringing it up? Dirk Nowitzki was the one that I comes to mind. Yeah, but did, you know? did every stadium give him something? Did every team give him something? No, what they gave him is they gave him his roses, and they had like tribute videos for every arena right. that he would go to. It's not like they came out and we're gonna gift you this, you know? Because I remember with Kareem, they like sat him you know, middle of the middle of the court. You have a throne, you know, where yeah. they're like honoring you, and, and and it was it was done very dramatically back in the day. You're right, Nowitzki was one that they did uh, uh, celebrate and honor. I know we, we they yeah. they played the video at the oh, AT&T yeah, Center uh, of like the great moments of it all. Um, but he, for him to say, "Are am I going to have a farewell tour?" I don't think he is. And 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 I think that the thing about LeBron, he's going to have multiple farewell tours. He's going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be a diva. He, he's going to retire. He's going to hint that he's going to retire. I don't know if that's my last game or not. And then he's going to just 
just suck in all the publicity, just soak it all in, just, just yeah. all the air of the suck in all the air of the room. Retire and then come back and say, "I want to play with Brian." Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll think about it. Yeah, you know. And then and then the question will be, uh, he's retired, but it's there's an injury of somebody in January, but maybe he'll be a end of the year pickup. That's going to be LeBron, dude. Yeah, you know what? Let's talk about Charles Barkley too. Uh, and, you know, they were trying to do something different this year for the NBA All-Star weekend or whatever, kind of like a live watch, yeah. you know, like they see it, that's going on right now with a lot of uh, TikTokers and YouTubers are doing. So they did that and they had Charles Barkley on there and they're talking about, you know, Indiana and he's comparing, oh, this is a boring city, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's cold here. He goes, well, it's either this or we go over to, you know, Golden State. Where you're going to get shanked or, or killed by a homeless and this and that. And he's just berating the town. And yeah. Draymond Green's right there. And he's like, no, it's not, Chuck. No, it's not, Chuck. Oh, yeah, I can't walk anywhere. I can't walk around the bay. I have to wear a bulletproof vest and this and that. And I'm like, next year, the NBA All-Star game is going to be over in the base. Yeah, he's not doing them any, uh, yeah, any, any favors. I, I know that he's probably doing it. Golden State's no longer in Oakland. It's in yeah, San Francisco. since San Francisco. And it's like, I get that he's doing it probably as a joke, but it's in poor taste, kind of. You know, like, this is the city that's going to host next. And you're just outright just saying, so it was stupid move by Chuck, right? I think so, too. Saying dumb stuff. And then you had Kenny saying dumb shit. I'm like, why don't you all just take the drinks away from the guys, man? They're trying to one-up <laughs> each other. Is, is yeah, I'm just like, like, bro, it was both dumb. And you know, the thing is, Shaq, for all the 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 nonsense that he always spews, he was the the even killed one. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so so if you had told me before All Star Weekend if I thought that Trey Young was going to be a spur, I would have said twenty five percent chance. No, no, not at all. Uh, After watching the All Star Weekend, seventy percent chance. You saw Young chatting it up. They were chatting up. They were sitting next to each other. Like, how how did those two happen to sit next to each other? They asked him, and then Tra and then Trey Young being yeah. asked a question about, hey. What does Wemby need to be successful in the NBA? Yeah. And he goes, he needs a player that does this, this, and this, describing himself. So, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great by Trey, by the way. He just trolled the shit out of him, you know? And and a lot of Spurs fans out there just, I mean, you just need to understand. If you want an all-star, if you want a top 20 guy, you give up the fucking farm for that guy. You don't, you're not going to be like, well, we're going to offer them, you know, Zach Collins and, uh, you know, two first rounders. No, no. I saw what you put out. I, I retweeted it. Four first rounders, Keldon, Zach, make it happen. Where was it, man? I saw what you had put out. There it is. And it says, tear maker, right? This is what you were using. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Ty Yeager had the tear maker. Tear of, maker. Of, what, what are the tears of, like, all the Spurs? Untouchable. You have Wemby. No. Not looking to trade. There's nobody there on that <laughs> tier. Prefer to not prefer not to trade, but will if necessary. It's your boy Devin Bissell, arguably the the best well-rounded player on the Spurs. Comfortable with trading. The Basically, the whole roster. damn team. Ship them out now. Zach Collins. It was that Champagne. It's Champagne. Oh, yeah. No. God, yeah. Champagne and Zach Collins are dead to me. Uh, but I mean, if you look at his stat line, this is a guy that averages 27 points per game. He is an all-star who shoots three-pointers at a 37% clip. He also averages 11 assists per game. And a steal and a half. You give up the farm for that guy. You might have and, to say and, goodbye and you're not, to you're not even giving up your own stuff. 
You're going to give picks? back Atlanta's picks back. <laughs> like the movie Draft Day. I want my future back. That's what Atlanta wants. Here are your three picks back. Here are your two picks. Here's a swap that you gave us. Here is the Toronto pick that and, didn't belong to us. And some cash considerations. Who do we get? Who do we trade for Toronto's <laughs> pick? Right? Was like was that like Jakob Hurdle? Yeah, Jakob. Okay, so basically we traded Jakob, right? And then here's the Chicago pick, which was part of the Demar Derozan trade. Yeah. So it's not like the Spurs are trading their own picks. They're trading picks that they developed that that they got that Brian Wright has gotten over the years for, you know, for for bits and pieces. So why not do it? You're still going to have a first round draft pick every single year. Give You're still going to have Boston's. <laughs> give them five first rounders. Chris Leha might be worth it. Look at a look. Look at a lineup like this. I got to ask this to Spurs fans, right? Look at a lineup like this. Let, let's say that Keldon was part of the trade because he probably would be a trade. A, a lineup that would have Trey Young, Devin Vassell, Sohan, Sohan, Wemby. And whatever big guy they get in the draft, roll the ball out into the court. That five, that five unit right there will win games. They may not be championship quality, but they can gel together and win games. Gonna, and Trey Young is under contract for many years. I'll to tell come. you what, they probably win more than eleven or sixteen. The Spurs are now scheduled or are now to win about sixteen games. Right. For the season. That's that's trash, dude. Absolute garbage. And everybody's like, no, we, we need to see what we have with this team. for. They need to develop another two or three seasons. No, they don't. Trey Jones was a second rounder for a reason. Two or three seasons from now, Spurs fans are going to be done with this team. And you know who's going to still be coaching the San Antonio Spurs? Coach Pop. Well, I don't know, man. You know, I, I was taking a look. I, I deal with insurance. And uh, did you know that Pop's contract runs beyond his life expectancy? I know, dude. It's crazy, man. But you know, at, at some point, we were having this discussion, right? It was off the books, right? When we were here watching the the UFC pay per view fight on yeah. the weekend. So I have some people that I know, you know, that are are prominent members in the media community. So we're just chilling here, and we're talking, and then one of my friends goes to saying the same thing that you're saying. Well, it might be time for Coach Pop to to move on. I'm like, what are you saying? Just say it with your chest out, you know? Yeah. Where you're amongst friends, nobody's taking videos or he didn't want to say it. I'm like, bro, just say it. I you're saying it without saying it. You're scared to say it. And you're sitting down right here in front of no audience, and you're still afraid to say you want him gone. Five losing he, seasons he could do in it. a row. He Five could, losing that's what in I a row. told him. And he would not say it. He would not say it. I don't know why. Dude, pop is a cult, man. I'm like, bro. dude, 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 pop, pop could have five more losing seasons and we could lose Wemby and have 10 in a row. And you'd have some going, well, I mean, I know that he's 80 years old, but man, he got us those five rings, man. He got us those five rings. Look, dude, man. at some point you are hired to be fired as a coach. And speaking Bill of Belichick, fired, we're going to get six rings. About that. Bill Belichick, six rings. Where's he at now? He gone. He gone. Oh, by the way, there were eight NFL openings. Which one did he get? None. I think they interviewed him for a couple. Okay, you're right. They did, and they were they like, interviewed nah. him for a couple. And did they did they did they take him? No. Okay, so what does that say? Because isn't Bill Belichick the NFL's version of Greg Popovich? He is, and he shows 
He's a he was a great coach, right? Not taking that away from Bilicek, right? But what did he show you as well? He needs to have greatness around him in order to win games. Right. You know, you need to have that guy. He wasn't Larry Brown. Larry Brown yeah. was the guy that would take players who were uh, a, a, an under talented team and would take them to the playoffs because he was like a he was a he was a a developer. Hell, fucking Larry Brown took his t- some of his teams to the finals. Yeah, they had no business being there. I mean, come on. But there are other coaches out there, the Pat Rileys, the 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 Phil Jacksons, the Greg Popoviches, where if you give them three or four all stars, they're gonna do something. They're gonna do something. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, man, Brady made Bill just like Duncan made Pop. This true. This is That's true. Basically it. That is true. You know, but at some time in the near future, you're going to have to move on. And the thing is, we've already talked about this in the past. Who's going to replace him? You know, you have to have a successor already in mind. You got to start thinking about the future because unfortunately coach pop's not going to coach forever you know and he's going to go down as the greatest coach probably one of the greatest mm-hmm. in NBA history and rightfully so give him his flowers you know he's done a lot for the city for the culture here as far as the spurs have gone yep. he's shown everybody else what to do to kind of instill that winning culture to have that structure you know and and that's great but at some point in time you got to move on and you got to hand the reins over to a new general. Tim Gonzalez reaches out to us on our YouTube stream and says, Mike, here's my dream starting lineup. Wemby, Flag, Thompson, Young, and Sohan. Wow, you're already digging deep into the 2025 draft <laughs> with Cooper Flag. That's all we could, that's all Spurs fans can do, Mike. 11 games that they've won. And you know what? It's looking like it's going to be 16, less than 20. We're, we're, we're beyond looking at college players. People are looking at high schoolers right now. Jeez, what we man. need is this high schooler who's ranked number one overall, who's committed to Duke. Um, that's funny, dude. You know what we're going to talk about too right now? We're going to talk about an NBA coach who was just given, shown the door. He was given his walking papers, and that is the Brooklyn Nets. They went ahead and dismissed Jack Vaughn uh, before we started the show. Yeah. And this was reported by Sham Shania, Adrian Wojnarowski, former Spur Jack Vaughn at that. Yeah, Jacques Vaughn with uh, 21 wins, which is twice as many as uh, Greg Popovich this year. Yeah. And, you know, he was given a tough situation over in Brooklyn because they really don't have that many star players on the team other than now they just have Ben Simmons. And let's say he's a, a lesser version of himself. Right. You know, he's not that guy. He never was. He needed to have somebody else that was going to be that leader. It's not Ben Simmons. And unfortunately for Jacques, he got a the, the short end of the stick because, of course, they want to go ahead and see this team win. And that's the thing with a lot of these NBA teams outside of the Spurs is that you have to have those wins in order to keep your job. And it was arguably he was always so uh, stated behind the scenes that he had lost the locker room. Yeah. And you you have to understand, even though Brooklyn is Brooklyn, it's not necessarily Manhattan where where you have Madison Square Garden. It's still the New York market. They want you to win. They want you to win. Yeah, that's exactly it. And they've gone through some a lot of. Uh, coaches recently most recently they were with steve nash uh but as you mentioned uh jock vaughn uh fired as the brooklyn nets head coach espn going on to say that the uh, plan is to build over uh build around michael bridges and they have a lot of draft capital and salary cap space to build around this summer and beyond so the search is on over there in brooklyn um 
you know, I'm I'm just thinking about the Spurs right now and NBA All-Star Weekend. You know, we saw Sohan go out there and he was part of the sophomore group that won. Uh, Wemby was doing his thing. Um, it was a great introduction. It was great seeing the players out there and doing their thing. I, I'm glad that Sohan was a last minute replacement yeah. to join the Rising Stars Challenge. I'm glad I saw Wemby out there on the court. Yeah. You know? And if you saw, even still, despite the Spurs having an 11 and what, 44 record or whatever we have right now, despite all that, when it came to the press conferences, and you had all the players out there, who was the one with the most media? Wemby. From? It was Wemby. They had Wemby on TNT, which was great because he's representing the Spurs in the city of San Antonio. They had him doing bits where he was impersonating uh, Shaq. Yeah. And one of the best, best iconic moments from, you know, the NBA on TNT. And that was funny. Yeah. And then he did a video, uh, not a video, but an interview. Right. And this was like two and a half hour show that they're pre-show that they were doing before Saturday's NBA All-Star, you know, all night, all the 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 festivities were going to happen on Saturday, which was the skills challenge and whatnot, three point shootout, and of course the slam dunk contest. So they roll out Wemby halfway through this, you know, debacle, and Wemby comes out and they asked him, and I had shared the video and it it's gone crazy over social media. They said, "What's the hardest the coach pops ever yeah. been on you?" And he's like, "Well, there's one time we we're in the film room and in front of everybody, he's showing the film of Wemby, and he's like, what the fuck is this?'" You know, the way he says it, <laughs> Wemby was saying it. And it was funny because he was just telling them the truth. Like Coach Pop called him out in front of everybody in the film room saying, you've kind of reverted back. You were doing good. And now you took a step back, kind of telling them, hey, you need to get your head out of your ass and play yeah. better. And that was funny because he goes, he does send me texts like this from, you know, time to time. And I was like, well, kind of he needs that. And he's he was OK with it, you know, which shows that he's he's taking that coaching you know, and he's wanting to do better. He wants to play better. And it's cool to see Wemby just going out there. And he's just so comfortable in the spotlight when they're asking him questions. Yeah, you can tell this guy's like, he is it, you know? He is a star. Yeah. Hey, uh, taking a look right now, I found this to be exciting. Uh, John Hollinger of ESPN has what he calls the player efficiency rating. It's kind of a, it's the per rating where it factors in your assists, your turnovers, your usage, your rebounds, your... Uh, all the things that you bring to the table offensively, offensively and defensively. And at the All-Star break right now, the number one player, according to John Hollinger, when it comes to player efficiency, overall player, number one, Joel Embiid. Fair? Yeah. Fair enough? Fair enough. Two, Nikola Jokic. Fair enough. Three, SGA, Shea Gildas-Alexander. Number four, Giannis. Okay. Number five, Luka Doncic. We're seeing a bunch of All-Stars, right? Six, Anthony Davis. Seven, Tyrese Halliburton. Eight, Donovan Mitchell. Nine, Kawhi Leonard. Ten, DeMontis Sabonis, who was not even an All-Star this year. Eleven, Kevin Durant. Then you go on to Andre Drummond, Zion Williamson, and you see other names over there like Devin Booker and Kyrie and Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, Jason Tatum. Twenty-one, you have Jalen Brunson. Twenty-two, Victor Wembanyama, Young fella. Victor Wembanyama is the 22nd most player efficient player in the entire NBA, according to John Hollinger. And you know what? That's with him not even getting the ball. The sp- and, and no players, <laughs> no no plays designed for him. Yeah. Earlier in the season, so I'm looking to the list here of like, well, where are the other Spurs? Oh God, dude. Okay, so where are the other Spurs? Where's so- Sohan? <laughs> I found him, by the way. So. 
I'm looking at the so he was number 22, right? The second most efficient spur player. And you have to have a, a certain number of minutes played and a certain number yeah. of games played. At number 114, jeez, man. Devin Vassell. Just to kind of give you the uh range where he's at, the player above him is Austin Reeves. So, and Fred Van Vliet. Okay. So you got some decent players in the area there. Aaron Gordon, whatnot. Looking for other Spurs over here. In the top 150, only two Spurs. Jeez. That's... The third most efficient Spur, according to John Hollinger, at number 154, Trey Jones. At number 162, Keldon Johnson. You know what was the most asinine thing that I've seen happen lately on Spurs Twitter? Is the stands, the, the Trey Jones stands that come out and say, he's not that bad of a point guard. He's actually pretty efficient, and he's good at what he does. He can be a great uh, point guard coming off the bench. He can be off the bench. That's I, don't, exactly, I, don't, I don't want him as a starter, though. Like, listen to that statement that you all just said. He would be great coming off the bench as that second option, not your first option. You know, and, and you can't argue with these guys. They they stand on that hill, and they'll be, oh, well, let's talk about stats. It's more than that, man. You know, I, I found Jeremy Sohan, by the way. Where is he at? 350. 263. <laughs> Out of 340 some odd players, he is 263 in player efficiency. Uh, just to kind of give you an example, at 265, you have Blake Wesley. But honestly, is that Sohan's fault, though? You've seen what Coach Pop is doing. I don't know, dude. It takes all stats it does. into consideration. It does, but I'm just saying. At the end of the day, you can make that you can make that assessment about every spur. You can say yeah. that that Wimby should be higher. Wimby should be higher because of whatever. Because he's not and, getting and, any and, and touches. That, that's man. why I'm, that's touches. why whenever I I think of Jeremy Sohan, I he's the most conflicting player. I like Sohan though, man. I I I, I there there's some games like the game that you and I went to. <laughs> They should have pointed at you. <laughs> he balls out, man. He balls out. But then, this is this is the last thirty days, right? Yeah. Last thirty days, he's had play, he's had games where he's had two points, two points, six, eight, nine. But in, I've... in the last month, yeah, the most he's scored is thir- is is sixteen, eighteen against the Magic. But the thing with Sohan is that Sohan isn't necessarily out there to score buckets. He's out there to play then defense, what is he get doing? rebounds. No one plays defense. If, if he's there to play defense and we're giving up 120 some odd points per game and we're the worst of the Western Conference, here's then the there's thing, no Mike. defense to be played. Here's the thing. We need points. You're looking at the gauge of the team itself. As far as an individual, that's what they want him to do is to go out there and play defense. He might be the only one because the rest of the team sure as shit don't know how to play defense. I'm, I'm willing to give Sohan another year. You know? Another year at starter. I like the kid, man. 11.6 rebounds, three assists. That is, that's just a dude. But you know what? That's just a dude. You also need to make sure that you refer to him as a champ because he did win. <laughs> yeah, and he, he scored just as many points zero, as I did. He scored he two zero more, points. He had two more rebounds than me. He had zero points. They didn't have him out there, though. Yeah, uh, but it, it's just one of those things where I see it. We have seen games of Jeremy Sohan where he goes out and gets thirty points, but then we also see the games where he's two points, one for nine shooting, and two rebounds. <laughs> Stp, it's just one. so weird. Look, 
fire Brian Wright. He's on the clock this year, this right. offseason. He man. ain't on the clock, man. I don't know, man. He's got – he should have been on the clock when Primo uh, dropped his towel. We'll, we'll never know what the hell happened there, man. We'll never know what happened there. Hey, but, you know, let's go ahead and talk about something that we're going to wind up doing, right? Yeah. For Starting this week, and we're going to leave it up to you, the viewers, you know, we want to go ahead and put out a playlist for you guys every weekend. Every for, You can listen to it every Friday, right? You can listen to it on the weekend as you're in the backyard barbecuing or whatnot, talking shit with your friends in the backyard or wherever you're at in your man caves. So we want to go ahead and have a theme this week. And, and I wanted to do it last week, but we're going to start it right. To this week's theme is going to be all about dad rock. Send us your <laughs> best dad rock bands that you think of. Creed, Nickelback. We want to hear those songs while we're kicking back on the weekend. We're going to have that playlist. It's meant to be in, in, in fun, you know, just something to have fun with. The theme will change every week. This week is going to be the, the, the dad rock theme. Okay. So your favorite dad rock band, what is it? They they make fun of you with Nickelback. They say you shower to it. No, I I'm not a Nickelback guy, although I will I would be lying if I didn't say that I didn't like at least one or two Nickelback songs. Um Dad Rock. You know, Creed, Incubus. I wouldn't consider Incubus dad rock. It's dad I, rock. I think Incubus bro. is a good band. It's dad rock. So I'm taking a look at the divorced dad. Uh, rock uh playlist here and some some nominees would be like buck cherry nickelback creed <laughs> um oh God. lifehouse daughtry daughtry three doors down three doors down might be God. my might, might be my first uh my first one <laughs> look because at it I don't, I don't consider like pearl jam or nirvana to be divorced dad rock that's just Lia says back in black ACDC. That's no, dad rock. It's not dad that's rock. That's dad rock, dude, bro. Come on. Dude, ACDC came out in the 70s, dude. That means that the pe that that the people who listened to it in high school back then but they, are now 70 years they old. They had some bangers though. They 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 had some bangers in the 80s. Same thing with Def Leppard, you know. Yeah, I think those are 80s hair bands. Divorce dad rock is not for the 60 not plus year old crowd. Yeah, the the divorced dad rocker is is somebody between the ages of thirty five and fifty five. That's what I think the range is. Yeah. Well, so so, so if you go back in time, thirty five and fifty five. So so thirty five minus eighteen is seventeen. <laughs> that means two thousand seven is is Jeez. is the last of it. And then you go back in time to nineteen eighty seven. So basically, for me, dad rock means that it, that the songs were released between nineteen eighty seven and two thousand seven. So if you want to say Def Leppard, <laughs> Chris how we get it. You hate old people, Jimenez. Well, that's not Divorce Dad Rock. We're not talking about Divorce Dad Rock. We're just talking about Dad Rock. In oh, okay. Because I, I thought. Uh, no, no, uh, no, no. Divorce Dad Rock. Oh, it's just okay. Dad Rock. Bro. Oh, okay. So, dad Rock. Okay. Then, then ACDC would be it. See, yeah. the, the, the phrase that I've been seeing online right now is, the, is Divorce Dad Rock. No. This just Dad Rock in general. Look at that. Matchbox 20. That's not classified as dad rock. I wouldn't classify it as Santana. Rock. I, I like I like Matchbox Twenty a lot. Santana. CCR. Know. Wow, that's a throwback. That, that's just old man rock, dude. Credence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that's just old man rock. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love seventies rock. I love nineties rock. Right, eighties eighties is dead to me. I I, I Lincoln not, Park. Not Lincoln 80s. Park had some bangers. Lincoln bro. Park is divorced dad rock. 
But if we're gonna, are, are we gonna pick up a song? You see, because we're 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 doing dad rock, and I think it's too, <laughs> it's too wide of a of a net there, Joe. It's it's dad rock, dude. So no, there, there's that dad rock could be Green Day. Dad rock can be nine thousand bands. We gotta like pin, you know, pinpoint what we're looking okay, for. Okay, let's put it like this. Give me, let's a, give go, me a decade. I'm gonna give, give me... you a decade. We'll go ahead and do the early two thousands dad rock. That's Lincoln Park. Early two thousands dad rock. Give me your best early two thousands dad rock. Uh, it's got to be Lincoln Park because Lincoln Park is the best rock band of the two thousands. Creed's gonna be in there somewhere, dude. So I would say, even though I, it may not be my favorite song, but it's the song that I like listening to the most. Sometimes, uh, it's it's in my top five. I'll go "Breaking the Habit" by Lincoln Park. Okay, "Breaking the Habit." All right. You know, because I mean, don't be wrong. Uh, Hybrid Theory was their big album. Yeah. But they had some bangers afterwards, some rock hits afterwards that I thought were, were good. I mean, Crawl In and In The End and all that stuff, Paperclip. You know Filter's going to be in that dead rock mix. Somewhere. Filter's a 90s band for the most part. It, you know, pictures, 90s, picture. Light, late 90s, 2000s. Nice shot, you know, yeah. you know stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go with Breaking the Habit by Lincoln Park. By Lincoln Park. Okay. The Cure is what Mike is listening to. I didn't like The Cure, dude. The Killers is not dead rock. No, but I didn't say the killers. I don't know. Oh, the cure is what Mike is listening to. <laughs> I had a lot of friends who were into the cure growing up. I, I'm not oh, a fan. I, and I, I'm not saying it's bad music. Hey, I just never got into it. There you go. That's dead rock. Limp Biscuit. I fucking Biscuit. hate Limp Biscuit, bro. Dude, young, kid, young kids these days love them. You go back in time. We talked about this last week about how when we grew up in the 90s, we looked back to music from the 70s. You, you tend to look back two decades. Two decades ago, Limp Biscuit was a thing. I hated Limp Biscuit. And Biscuit. people who are 2024 20, in high school are listening to rock music. They look at classic rock. They look at Linkin Park. They look at Limp Biscuit. And when I go back and I listen to Limp Biscuit, I hated it when it first came out. I fucking still hate it, dude. There are one or two songs where I'm like, okay, this is fine. Dude, I was listening to, uh, you know, you get on Spotify, you hit shuffle, and you could create your own radio station and all that stuff. I was driving along and I hate Kid Rock. Oh, dude, I hate Kid Rock, man. I uh, never liked him. Kid Rock sucks. The biggest fucking poser in music last 20 years, right? My brother says he's straight out of the trailer park. Bro, you're not. It's fucking you're wealthy, not. dude. He's exactly. Well, came from dude. a wealthy family. Yeah. No. Um, but the song Picture came out. The, the duet he sang with uh, Cheryl Crow. Yeah. That song is great, man. <laughs> you listen to that shit when you get litty. <laughs> oh come on i can't think of you while Start i'm lying next crying, to her crying it's a duet it's a karaoke <laughs> duet i'd be lying if i said i had karaoke that was some oh, drunk chick at, bro, at, at dad's no. karaoke no man rob zombie says garrett from the netherlands oh god dude swiss i need a pic of mike with a flock of seagulls hairdo <laughs> <laughs> hey rob zombie might be classified as dad rock Slipknot. I uh, wasn't a big fan of Slipknot. Corn. I mean, they had some good songs. They, they had some good songs. Corn so, uh, wasn't bad. Um, talking about entertainment, by the way. Last night we had the People's Choice Awards. Oh, do you see your girl won? Well, let's take a look here at the winners. Movie of the year was Barbie. Action movie of the year was The Hunger Games: Ballad of the Songbirds and Snakes. Comedy of the year went to Barbie. Drama of the year went to Oppenheimer, which I'm going to watch probably tonight. 
Uh, you're gonna watch Oppenheimer. You gotta watch Barbie. They call it Barbenheimer. <laughs> nice. Ryan Gosling won male movie star for Barbie. Margot Robbie won for Barbie as female star of the year. Action star Rachel Zegler from The Hunger Games. Comedy movie star of the year Jennifer Lawrence from No Hard Feelings. I like that movie. That was a cute movie. It was funny. It was stupid. I haven't seen it, man. It was good. All right. It was good. She gets naked. In Oppenheimer too. is five hours, bro. It feels like it is. That's a long ass movie, man. Okay. So, uh, Jenna Ortega, by the way, won for uh, Scream Six for Drama Movie Star of the Year. Uh, but watching, uh, I watched over the weekend, went to Westlake's theater. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You went, you went to the hood? Exit seven, baby. You went to the hood? You we hear Santicos? Yeah, Santicos. The it used to be Alamo Draft House yeah. back in the day. Hey, that place is nice now, dude. Yeah, it's all right. They got that little bar there. You could just pull up, have you a little pour before you watch your movie. I mean, it's not nice. Oh, come on. It's all right. Oh, it's better God, than what it used bro. to be, but I mean, dude, it ain't nice. It's I've been all to, right. I've dude. been to nice movie theaters. That ain't nice. It's I, I go all to right. I go to flicks. That's why my, my primary hey, that's one. my jam, bro. Flicks is amazing. That's my jam. Okay, so. I watched the uh, the Iron Claw. All right. About, about the, the Von, Von Erics. Yeah. Dude, it was good, man. Did you cry? That was good. Well, it's kind of hard, <laughs> hard to cry when you know how it's all going to end. You yeah. know? But I took my nephew over there. My nephew's just 20, oh, I met your 21, nephew 22 before. years old. Yeah. We're, we're, we're over there, and uh, he's in his early 20s. I told him it's about wrestling. And I said, it's based on a true story. And the look on his face is like, no. No, Uncle Michael. No, like when every Von Erich would die, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he's like, they didn't all die, did they? I'm like, well, all oh, but one. Man, look at this shit. Has me dying right here, man. It's Marbach nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jonathan C with the Marbach Ooh, nice. Ooh, that's the that's the the it, it's the like comment a, of the week, right? It, there. <laughs> it's kind of like a like a comfort in. You know, whenever I do business traveling and I have oh, to pay it out of pocket, bro. I'm not going to go stay at Hotel Emma. I'm not going to go stay at a really nice place, right? I go stay at a Comfort Inn. It's because Marbuck. Nice. It was like Comfort. Fuck. It was the Comfort Inn, dude. It, it was the Comfort Inn of movie theaters. It was nice hey. enough. You felt safe enough. It was fine. The food was decent. The, the drink was decent. But it wasn't nice. It Bro. wasn't four or five star accommodations. <laughs> this shit is going on a t-shirt, man. It's more it's more nice. <laughs> Fuck, bro. That shit is fire right there, man. I'm gonna get with my boy Mike Bias, bro. We got to get this shit going. I know me and Leha and all the freaking guys are all put over wearing this shit. Dude. It's Marbach. It's Marbach nice. This shit is gonna go in the store, going on the online store, bro. That's Damn great. it. <laughs> so we're gonna get into the conversation about uh Yolanda Saldivar. Yeah, before we before we get into that, let me show them one little thing. So we're gonna be doing some things that are gonna be more interactive with the, the fans, you know. So I got some ideas, you know, and we don't have a call-in show where you can call in on a number. But if you want to be part of our show for a couple minutes, make maybe three to five minutes, you send us a little nice tip here, we'll send you a link. You could join us and give us your take. You got I like it. A couple minutes here on the floor. We'll listen to you and we'll go ahead and, you know, have our rebuttal back with you guys, you know. But it's cool to give them that avenue. Instead that of rock the mic, rock the pod. Rock the pod, bro. That's what I'm saying. I like that. And you can come up on the stage. We'll give you a couple minutes. 
go on a rant. You can let Jimenez know what you think about his new haircut or what have you. I like it. You know, but it, I it's, like it. It's meant to be fun, you know. So we, you can have a, a sports take or an opinion about anything, and we'll go ahead and give you our response to it. So we're going to start that here. And the other thing we're going to do is we're going to do this. So we're going to have the listeners pick a topic. Topic Thursday, right? Okay. So the listeners will pick a topic or whatever they want, you know, and we'll get the best ones and we'll put them in here. And if you want us to spin the wheel and talk about a topic that they picked, that we selected, that they, let's say, recommended for us, you got to tip us. Nice. You send us a tip and we hit the spinning button. And whatever topic it lands on, that's what we can talk about. You know, so this is just an example. Interesting. I like it. So it's just new ways for us to get interactive with you guys and make a little bit of scratch and help the show grow, you know? So I, I'm putting some new things out there so for who you do guys. We, who do they send the two-minute video to? No, oh, they, they're not going to send us the two-minute video. We're going to get them live on here. I'll send them a link. They could join us right now. Okay. You know? It's your time to shine, baby. You don't get no prep time, you know? Whatever you're going to say, you say it with your chest out. You send us a tip. I send you a link. You come on in. We kick you out. <laughs> I think we need to tape them the first couple of tries. Oh, no, dude, I'm going to go live with them. Let's, let's get them in here. <laughs> Talk your shit. That's what we're going to call that segment. Talk your shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hope Pimentas isn't wearing any homes gear at the West Westlake Theater. He's definitely going to get kicked, get kicked out. out. Oh, God. Happy Monday, MJ and Joe. What's, over, what's up, Hanover Fist? Don't start charging yet. I'm waiting on my tax return. No, <laughs> God, bro. <laughs> Oh, look at that. Oh, USOA cooking. <laughs> What's up, fellas? What's up, Swiss, bro? Oh, man, they're requesting, if you're listening, that you go ahead and get Mike and put the flock of seagulls hairdo on him, man. So we can have that as the logo for the playlist for Friday. <laughs> nice. And <laughs> the I, dad ran, yes. I ran so far away. So anyway, we're going to get back on topic, just, you know, throwing it out there, things that we're going to be doing. And I do also have something that I'm going to run by our good friends over at Sweep the League because we want to go ahead and be able to cross promote each other. So I do have something that's going to be called the card collecting corner. Me and Rudy like collecting cards. So we're going to make this work. We're going to have it where we're going to bring him on or record a segment with Rudy talking about card collecting and whatnot. And we'll play that during the week sometime. And I'll also go on Rudy's show and I'll talk about card collecting and all that with him. And we're also probably going to wind up getting a sponsor for that, which will reach out to somebody here shortly, nice. which will not be named on this show yet. But if we can ink out a deal, why the I, hell not? I like it. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get on the entertainment topic. OK, uh, are we going to have the bump? We're going to have the bump. The bump Damn right we are. The let's go and do it. That is my ringtone, dude. Hey, it's not bad, right? No, it's not bad at all. There you go. So um, a lot of people don't want to watch the Yolanda Saldivar documentary going on right now on the Oxygen Network. Uh, I get it. There There are a lot of fans out there who are big fans of Selena Quintanilla and don't want to see her killer ever speak out on anything. But I found this to be interesting because I had to watch it, dude. I'm a true crime guy, dude. I don't go to bed at night without watching like Dateline. I hate true crime or, or hate it. forensic files yeah, or whatnot. Bro. No, so, my wife has watched that. She watches it religiously, Mike. 
I've gotten burned out, bro. <laughs> burnt out. <laughs> so the reason why this is a big deal is because Yolanda Saldivar has been in jail for 29 years. She gets the chance of being released from prison next March. She was sentenced to life in prison with a possibility of parole after 30 years. 30 years is coming up. It's been that long since Selena was gunned down there at the Days Inn in Corpus Christi, Texas. Yeah. Selena, the Hano superstar. We know all that, right? But the documentary is coming out. It's the, the first part I saw. It's about an hour and a half long. It's called Selena and Yolanda, The Secrets Between Them. It's part of a two-part docu-series that features interviews with Yolanda Saldivar. Yeah. Now, I went into it a little bit skeptical because I thought to myself, dude, it's just going to be Yolanda Saldivar just talking her shit for two hours. Yeah. But they treated it as though it was like a Dateline episode. And it wasn't the Dateline people, but it was kind of in that format where they go back in time and they start playing the the the, the events. The, the events. They, okay. they, they start playing the, the crying that she had because she was in a six-hour standoff or situation there with Corpus Christi police. Yep. They interviewed Corpus Christi police that were on the scene, the, the hostage negotiator that was there or whatever the negotiator was there to get her out. They interviewed that guy. Uh, they had some reporters, San Antonio Express News. They had Univision TV anchors. They had um, Yolanda Saldivar's family. By the way, just thought of a tall tale. God, no, man. <laughs> Yolanda Saldivar worked with my mother-in-law at University Hospital. Oh, man. They worked in the same unit. There we go. <laughs> I didn't say they were friends, but they worked together. Uh, so uh, going back to it all, um, I guess the whole point of it is, is to talk about the state of mind that she was in at the time. She's not saying that she didn't do it, right? She's not, but she's not remorseful either. But the whole point is, is for her to say, hey, look, this is what got me to that point. And I don't know if it's to provide sympathy, but it's to what got her to this point. And she blames Selena's dad. And she says that Selena's dad was a complete asshole and was controlling and that he spun a narrative that people believe to this day. And part of the narrative that that he was that she was talking about was she was like that I was that she goes, yeah, he, he referred to me as the as the president of the fan club. And she was like, I hadn't done that in two years. She goes, I was actually with the family. I was a part of the family. I was somebody who would would go to her with her to 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 music videos and I was I would accompany her and I would keep her company and we became friends and all that stuff. She goes, all that stuff with the whole fan club, the deranged fan. She goes, that was Abraham Kitania trying to like spin a narrative. And then the second thing was, was she was like the whole narrative of oh she was stealing money from the from the from them. From the fan club. Yeah. And from the fan club. She goes, the fan club wasn't making money. And she goes, and the she goes, the boutiques were broke. She goes, they didn't make payroll sometimes. She goes, I, how am I stealing from something that's broke? And then she's going on by saying, by the way, all of these allegations of me stealing and embezzling and all that stuff, she goes, where are the charges? Because they could never prove it. Because they never, and, and how money was deposited, this and the other. She goes, all it was lies. And she goes, it was AB, it was uh, not AB, it was Abraham Kitania trying to like spin a narrative. And then the movie. And the reason why I'm not a big fan of the movie is because every scene of that movie had to be approved by the dad. 
And the dad did not want, you can go back and revisit like the making of the movie, did not want it to be shown that, that his daughter eloped. And they said, well, that's a big part of her story. Everyone knows that she did. Yeah. But basically said that he was so protective of Selena and so protective of the, the, the family's image and all that stuff that basically the narrative that we that we have all grown to know is what he has been saying from the get-go, not what other people that have independently verified. Damn, all that sounds stuff. like he should be working for the Spurs front office. It's it sounds <laughs> sounds like it. So she's just basically saying that that um she freaked out and that she was stressed out of her mind and she was was being accused of this that, and the other and was basically um she was suicidal and basically uh instead of killing her, her herself um she somehow shot her and she's not saying that she didn't shoot her she's just saying the whole point of the whole thing was what was her mind state and then they interview police the the people who were trying to to, to get her out of the truck and they asked the police, do you believe anything that she says? And they said, well, we weren't prompting her on anything. We weren't asking her questions. She was just talking. And they and one of the police officers, the one that was doing the negotiations, yeah. was like, I believe her. Yeah. And then they, they have, you have this anchor for, for this uh, Univision station who, who they said, they said she calls Selena's dad this and that he was controlling and that he was verbally abusive and that he would drive people crazy and all that stuff. And the anchor goes, yeah, that's him. So it was interesting because it wasn't like a her talking shit. She, the whole point of it was saying, now, she wasn't remorseful. And I think that's going to hurt her chances of getting out. There's going to be a second part coming out where she says, I have secrets of, 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 of Selena. And they're insinuating the fact that she that Selena might have had a uh, a side piece. Which I don't know. We've heard those rumors for many, many years. Uh, but I found it to be interesting to say um, that maybe there's two sides of the story that it doesn't change the fact that she should have gone to jail. It didn't change the fact that she's a murderer. But it's like trying to get into the brain of somebody who's like that. Kind of yeah. like sometimes people who are serial killers, yeah. you find out that they were molested and that they were this and the other. and They had a tragic th story. There was a tragic story that led, that led up to it. And and basically, it's trying to change the narrative from it was just this deranged fan yeah. who and and basically he she was saying that he doesn't that that Abraham's family and the family don't want to don't want to show that I was actually a very very big part of what they did. I don't know, man. This at the end of the day, this bitch was just evil. You gonna kill somebody? You ain't got no more re no remorse for it. She's rotting in in prison, rightfully so. If she gets on parole. She's going to come out in the streets and she's going to get blasted, bro. There's no way that she's going to be able to just walk out free and nothing's going to happen to her. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I mean, you're going to have consequences for your actions. I would have thought that would have happened in jail. I don't know why it hasn't. But for some reason, you know, depending on where they have her situated or whatever, she might be in solitary by herself Could or be. something, you know. Could be. But. When you get out in the streets, a different story. You know, you're not behind those walls. Yeah, and then, those and, then bars. and then all that. What, what does that do? Just send somebody else to jail. It and, does. And somebody somebody loses a dad yeah. or loses a mom. But I'm just saying that's probably more than likely what's going to happen to her. I, 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 I don't. Do I don't doubt it. Yeah. I, I, I don't. Do I don't doubt it. But it, it's it's it's. I watched it for the novelty factor of it all. Just the the. Uh, I like the true crime of it all. Uh, it was very well produced. The first the first uh, segment. Um, half of what she said. I was like, 
Yeah. I bet you it's true. I don't want to see the, her the, 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 face the, the other half. Her, I, the other half I heard from her. I was just doing the jerk off yeah. move. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to see her stinking face or even hear her stupid ass voice. I don't give a damn about that documentary. I'm not gonna watch one minute of it, out of respect for the reina. Well, I Selena. Dude. I never saw the Netflix thing on Selena. Yeah. Um, maybe it was a little bit more accurate because what we got from 1997's Selena with Jennifer Lopez, yeah, is probably all bullshit. <laughs> it's a movie, man. It, it, it is. It, it's it. You know how we made fun of that uh, Hot Cheetos movie because the Hot Cheetos movie was was full of shit. Yeah, it's inspired by a, by a real movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like how what is it called? Hot ones, or hot ones, it? or whatever. Something, I don't know. What the, the hot ones is that guy from yeah. uh, who's date who who was date the porn star. Uh, but no, but like we don't know the real story, do we? Yeah. Know the sanitized Disney style version of of what we got from that movie, and we treat that like it's the gospel. Look but it probably who, isn't. Look at this comment. Morvi says she gets out the, of Marbach. Cartel is coming after her. <laughs> no lies detected, bro. No lies detected. So what was the phrase that was used? Uh, it's Marbach nice. It's Marbach nice. That shit's going on a shirt. I'm putting that in the freaking store, bro. Now, is there such thing as, hey, that girl's Marbach hot? Hey, we could put that on there, too. <laughs> She's Marbach She's hot. She's Marbach hot. <laughs> I like that shit. We're going to put well, that shit Well, think about that. This. Is there, like, hotness that's different That's different from different parts of the, of the, of the city? I was, mm. at, uh, I was at a, a furniture store yesterday with a friend of mine. And uh, we're walking out of the store. And there was this pretty good-looking girl that we had seen inside the, the the furniture store. Now, mind you, we're on the north side. We're near. I guess I guess you could say we're we're not in Stone Oak, but we're pretty close to it. And as we're walking down the furniture store, my friends try to tell me this girl's hot. I'm like, yeah, she is hot. And she goes, oh yeah, blah blah. blah. And he goes, I bet you she has a nice car. I, you know, I like I bet you she's like, you know, <clears throat> I don't know, somebody's. You know what, what, what do they call them? trophy wife or or whatever. God, yeah. He he was trying to say that, and then as she as she walked to the hundred thousand dollar car, he was like, "I told you, I told you." But she was Stone Ocot. Stone Ocot. Hey, so we're gonna start bringing the show to an end here. But before we do, I want to. We've been on for an hour twenty. We've been on for a while, but before we bring it to a close, there was a story that I did want to talk about, and it's about an angry Airbnb host. So. This Airbnb host is a super host, right? Mm -hmm. So this guy that she had, you know, a customer, went ahead and rented out her 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 house. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have some friends over and this and that. She's like, that's fine and all, you know, just make sure you send me the names of everybody you're going to have and how many people, because they have to comply with the, the fire department. You can only have so many people in the dwelling, mm -hmm. you know, for, for, for fire safety issues, you know. And he's like, well, I'm going to have four to five people spend the night. He, the house can accommodate up to 12. He was going to have more than 12 people there. And it, they were creating a ruckus and all this. And she finally got tired and told the guy, hey, man, you got to leave. You know? So the guy left her a scathing review. You know? Even though she's a super host and all that. He didn't follow any of the rules, mind you. Before, you know, he went in and rented the, the establishment. He already been told everything. Clear as day. You can't do this, this, and that. He violated all those rules. He gave her a scathing review, bad review, which hurts, you know. So the host goes and says on 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 the disclosure there, the property is being is monitored 24 hours a day. They have security cameras on the outside of the property to to take care of everything, you know, and find out how many people are coming and going and all that kind of stuff. 
So this lady goes and gets her revenge on the guy by sending video or and pictures of him with another girl coming into the, the, the house at 3 a.m. to his wife. Ends his marriage. Now the guy's going ahead and then filing a lawsuit against her. And she's getting in trouble because this is going beyond that, uh, I guess, disclosure that Airbnb has. Yeah. Where you can't be filming people without their consent, that kind of stuff. Because it goes back to... You're filming on the outside, but they don't know if you're doing that in, inside. You know, you're violating somebody's trust. Right. I'm looking at the photos yeah. right now. The The photo is a surveillance video. Uh, no different than the outside of my house. Yeah, so. But she she went beyond what she had to do. I mean, yeah, you, you got in a, a disagreement with the guy. He didn't follow the rules, this and that. Okay, man, it happens, you know? Can I tell you a story that you're going to think is a tall tale? Oh, God, here we go. So about like four or five years ago, I was getting into I, – I don't talk politics anymore. Uh, on social media because yeah. it's because people are going to be the way that they are i hate the far left i hate the far right um but there was a time about four or five years ago when i was i made some comments on some sort of political thing online and this one guy threatened me he threatened me like bodily harm type of threaten and i click on his on his profile pic and he looks like law enforcement. Oh, God. So he was going on and on and on about how he that he was going to F me up if I went through his town and blah, 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 blah. And, and he just went on and on and on about it. And, you know, get, you know, being a being a racist towards me and just all of that stuff. He was a complete asshole. And it was because he disagreed with me politically. Right. Just became a big old asshole. And he goes, I know who you are and all that stuff. And because, you know, I whenever I go online, I use my real name. I don't have a burner account. Yeah. And he was going on there. And he, you know, of course, the ones that are the biggest assholes are the ones who don't use a profile pic of themselves are people who don't use their names or don't identify themselves. But they're keyboard warriors. Right. So he's like, I know who you are, blah, 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 blah. And apparently he's looking me up. Well. He thought that he was 100% secure. But what did I do back in the day? I was a journalist. So we have investigative skills. Yeah. So I took a look at his profile pic, and I saw the half the, half the pattern on there. And I thought to myself, I got I to gotta find this guy. So I click on him, and I, I eventually stumbled upon his – I was going through his photos. And one of the photos that he had there from, like, six or seven years before was a um, had a tag on there so I clicked on the person who was tagged and I found this woman's name so I saw her name it was tagged I found it and I found her page her page was private but I started scrolling through the pictures and then I found another name and I tied the two and two together they were husband and wife no. I then went on the appraisal district's website and I found their house address and then I found out what she did for a living because I Google imaged her and I Google searched her. And by going through that, I found other things where they were talking. She was talking about her husband and what police department he was at. So here's what I found out over the course of an hour. The guy's name, a photo of him, his wife's name, a photo of her. Yeah. The police department that he worked at, Selma. The um, the uh, what's it called? The real estate office that she worked at. The name of her boss, her office address, his office phone number, 
all of that stuff, her, his address and all that stuff. And I fucking detailed all of it. And I, and I reached out to both of them. I instant messaged him and I said, by the way, I have emailed your wife this entire thing. I said, I, I emailed his wife saying, do you know your, your husband's made a complete asshole on, on social media and he's threatening people and say that he can come after me, blah, 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 blah. I said, here's what I know about you guys. Brrr, all the stuff. I even knew the fucking make of their car. I knew their driver's license at their, their, their license plates because I, I, I Google image their, um, their, their home address. Oh God, <laughs> dude, I went in so fucking deep. And I told her, I told her, I said, you go, you go after your boy because I will go tell his, his, his boss that he's a police officer and that he's trying to like threaten people online because we disagree politically. I said, he thought that he was a hundred percent safe from, from being found out. Yeah. I said, I found this out in less than an hour. Good times. Look at this. So Mike learned to stalk people from Yolanda <laughs> and then they put. John C. Investigative skills. You mean Google? <laughs> well, it's beyond Google. I mean, it is following. Um, it's following tagged photos and going into different people's profiles uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Like a hand over fist. He says, "Not surprised about Selma." Mm -hmm. Selma, Texas, baby. The speed trap. Speed trap for a reason. But I mean, don't be wrong. Eighty percent of it was Google, but it was finding out more and more stuff. I found. I found her real estate page because she was. He was a cop, and she probably still is a cop. And she was a realtor. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. That was a funny one. You see, Leia? I, yeah. I'm careful, guys. <laughs> Mike will sue for your jokes. No, I will sue for loss of business. Oh, Mike struck the fear of God into those people. Bravo by Jonathan C. Yeah. All it was right. Good times. Good times. So she, re she responded back, by the way. Did she? Yeah. She said, thank you for bringing it to her attention. <laughs> And that she will have a a, 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 a long talk with him about it, Mijo. <laughs> because I mean, if I was a deranged person, yeah, I I knew her cell phone number. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Because because she's a realtor, she posts that. Yeah, you know, I don't know, crazy. Oh, uh, the tall tale that I want to end with, by the way. Yeah, I posted a uh, I I retweeted this uh, video of a guy who apparently took fifty shots of tequila oh, in that, a row. Yeah. I have done 10 in a row over about a two minute period. I didn't do them like one, two, three. I did 10 shots in about two minutes and I ran a mile. Oh God. And oh. I didn't throw up and I won 300 bucks doing it. Tall tales continue. I'm telling you, you should write your 22 own. years old, baby. I was 22 years old in Corpus Christi, Texas at the time. Tall Corpus tales. Christi, Texas, home of Selena Quintanilla. The tall tales with Mike. <laughs> All right, brothers. <laughs> It's been a, it's been a good day. Let's end the show. It's eleven forty. Hope everyone have a fantastic Monday. It's a holiday. What were we doing the show? It's a holiday, but it's, uh, it's time for me to go film, uh, go tape, locked on Spurs with uh, Jeff Garcia. Don't forget to follow him, at Jeff G Spurs Zone on Twitter and on Threads. My name is Mikey Menes. That is Joe Garcia. See you guys tomorrow. Peace.